I have an idea. Let's record a shitty intro. Just strum it. <laughs> This is the Zach and Akash show. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, hello. Sorry, I just started it too early. Welcome to the Zach and Akash show. I was literally just Welcome. like, don't fuck that up. And then I fucked it up. Uh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Zach and Akash show. I did not realize Good that morning. I am not in frame. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this lovely Wednesday, Wednesday Wikipedia show for the Akash version. Gorgeous day outside. Um, yeah, so today, so you, know, far. you know, the world is on fire. Uh, it's the apocalypse. So what do you do? You you use the stoic mindset, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow, so, beautiful transition. If anyone's new to the Wikipedia show, what we do is... Um, I do one or Sunday, Akash does Wednesday, and each of us research a topic on Wikipedia, just high level um, things that we're interested about, and we go on the show and we talk about it. Um, so I have, I have some knowledge in Stoicism, but Akash has dived deep in. So we should have a cool conversation today. That's right. I went ball steep into Stoicism for the past couple of days. <laughs> Jesus All right, Christ. well, <laughs> before we start with Stoicism, let's enjoy a nice coffee bean. Hell yeah. You see, this feels like classic Zach and show right here. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. It just feels classic. Okay. Classic, classic. Delicious. Mm. If you guys are listening to us, on one of the like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, consider joining us on stream so you can witness me live eating the daily coffee bean. Or you could watch it, rewatch it. Um, we we do film this show live uh, for audience participation for like the uh, couple of people who join us every day. Um, it's just like you know, if we're gonna film this, why not do it live and have people ask us questions? So yeah, and well, but the recordings stay up. So you can check it out whenever if you want. If you want to mm-hmm. watch us rather than listening to us, you can do that. <laughs> anyway, so Akash, without further ado, what is stoicism? stoicism? Well, stoicism, many people think it's a philo- just philosophy. People think it's just a mindset. But stoicism is actually more a philosophy and a practice, a way of living. It's all about... Um, let's put it this way. It's all about taking responsibility, um, living a virtuous life and not letting your surroundings necessarily affect you living your own virtuous life. Um, the goal of stoicism is, uh, to live as one with nature. And, uh, I mean, I wrote down exactly what that means. So living in accordance with nature is knowing, first of all, what the nature of this world is, knowing what the nature of yourself is, and then living according to that. Now, I would say that a lot of uh, self-help going on right now is actually just derived from stoicism, whether they know it or not. Because one of the things we've talked about a lot here is 
self-awareness, right? And how much that helps you. Stoicism is all about that. It's all about being introspective, finding out your own nature. And like I said, finding out the world's nature and figuring out exactly where you belong in the world. And in a way, Stoicism believes that everyone's equal. Um, it believes everyone is different. They're born different with like different genetics, but we are all equal in that. We all have the ability to provide some sort of value into the world. And a lot of it is about finding exactly how you can provide value to the world and provide it. And therefore, when you provide value to the world by living your own virtuous life, you're, um, you're uh, where was I going with that? While you're living your own virtuous life, that's how you become stoic. I guess that's how you reach happiness or eudaimonia. And eudaimonia is a concept of, um, I guess it's the end goal in a lot of philosophy, the, you re, however you reach happiness. In stoicism, it's pretty much through living virtuously your best life, whatever personally, personally suits you. And that really surprised me about stoicism. It's not really this hard philosophy. It gives you a few guiding principles and lets you interpret it in your own way and follow it in your own way, which I thought was really cool. Very cool. So it's like a, it's like a, could you describe it as like a tool belt philosophy that you can apply any way you want almost? Uh, yeah, you could say not anywhere you want. Um, if you're a true stoic, you apply it everywhere whether you want to or not. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So again, a lot of people, you know, the modern definition of stoic believe that stoicism is about suppressing your inner emotions and uh, staying indifferent to everything. But rather, stoicism isn't, it's not really to go away from emotions. That's would actually not be stoic at all. It's more to act in a rational and logical manner despite your emotions it's about um not necessarily running away from pain or fearing pain but it's about accepting pain and living your life as you would anyway and it's not about um finding going towards excessive joy or happiness it's enjoying happiness when you have it with the knowledge that everything including any emotion anything around you is ephemeral meaning nothing lasts forever. So uh, I guess let's start with like a very brief history of it. But let me hold out my notebook. <laughs> Zach has his legal pad. I have my five subject notebook right here. Um, so it started during the, what you call the Hellenistic period in Greece. So that's around uh, 300 BC. To, and it ended around 140 AC. Um, it was started by Zeno of Sidium, which, uh, so the interesting part is all the major philosophers you see who practice Stoicism all come from very different backgrounds. Now, Zeno was a very wealthy dude who came to Greece in a ship, and he had a bunch of purple dye, which at the time was really, really hard to get. And it was, I guess, a symbol of wealth. Um, it showed that he was really rich because he had a bunch of purple dye. But in the shipwreck, he pretty much lost everything. And he was not wealthy anymore. He was no one. He was nothing. And then at this point, uh, he went to this oracle. And she's like, now instead of covering yourself with wealth, which was this like purple dye, you must cover yourself with the blood of men or with the color 
of men before you. So she wanted him to paint himself red. He interpreted this as he had to learn from the past and learn from philosophers in the past. So he started learning about Socrates and his teachings. And then one day he was at a coffee shop. Ooh. And I, I think that's where he learned about cynicism. Um, and he met this dude, I think, I forgot the other dude's name, but he, he then started practicing cynicism, which isn't again, the modern day version of cynical, but um, I didn't dive deep into cynicism at all, but that's where he got the law of uh, following nature from, um, okay. how you have to stay with nature. And anyway, he practiced cynicism with this guy for like 20 years until he went away and then started stoicism where he would, it was actually Zenoism in the beginning was him teaching about his philosophies at this porch. And later, you know, Stoics, they didn't want to accredit everything to this one guy because they know that even though he's a founder of Stoicism, they recognize that he isn't perfect. No human is. So they actually named Stoicism after the porch he thought it on. Um, the Stoicism literally means the porch. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, th I thought it was like some fancy word. <laughs> porch. Yeah, no, dude. It's, it's just like fucking porch. porch. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Um, so uh, later Diogenes, I didn't look much into him, but he pretty much took Stoicism from Greece and took it to Rome, which is where it flourished more under um, people like uh, Seneca, Epictetus, and Marcus Aurelius, there was a lot more people in the line of Stoicism growing, but uh, these guys are huge people, the, I guess the biggest people. And uh, again, the interesting thing is uh, Seneca, he was like a, he, he was what you would consider a polymath. Like he was a playwright, Hell investor, yeah. advisor to the emperor. He was a wealthy businessman. Um, but I guess through all of this, there was through business and stuff, he did have to do some scan. There was a lot of sin. So his main contribution was he was, I guess, an imperfect Stoic. And he wrestled in his mind with a lot of the Stoic philosophies and however he was living life. And he went back and forth. So that gave people some good insight as to practical Stoicism. Um, you, know, you, know, you can read about his work at the Tao of Seneca. And, and then... And there was Epictetus, who was a slave, who was set free by his owner because the owner recognized that he was smart. So, and then again, he studied Stoicism. He spread a lot of his work. He was one of like the huge guys to spread Stoicism. Um, and then there was Marcus Aurelius, which is the main mm -hmm. hero of most, really, yeah. when you listen to talk about Stoicism. Um, I guess he was one of like the last people in the line before Stoicism saw its decline. But he was the emperor, and uh, I guess he was always groomed to be an emperor from a young age. But him personally, he thought he had to live a virtuous life before he can lead others, which is why he really took the Stoicism. And it was really cool how, um, even as literally the emperor of Rome, he um, he pretty much put that aside, and every day he practices self-restraint. Uh, he practices. Um, the four virtues, which is all, you know what, now's a good time to talk about four virtues, because that's pretty much like the history of Stoicism. Uh, and after Marcus Aurelius, it pretty much saw a 
big decline and that's when christianity grew before christianity stoicism was like it was a thing it was a fad it was a vibe of the people back then and i guess again it's becoming the vibe of the people now like yeah. there's a lot more people going into stoicism surprisingly right now it's like veganism back then but uh before i dive into virtues of a stoic any questions so to be virtuous does that mean you satisfy each of the four virtues in order to be virtuous or is virtuous something else yeah pretty much um okay stoicism is based around these four virtues though they're like the core philosophies of it but um you will notice these virtues are not harder set in stone at all they're very much left to your own interpretation okay yeah and so stoicism so marcus aurelius is right before no it's like it's during christianity right what? His time so what so what's the time frame right now so let's look at my this is because so he was like during after christianity after ad i guess if we're looking at that um yeah let me let me pull up the quick timeline so marcus aurelius was again from um i guess his lifespan was from like 125 to like 175 ad ish Okay, so we're looking um, at like a 400 year, because it started like 300 BC, right? Is that yeah, right? yeah, like okay. uh, negative 350. So okay, so around four, way. we're looking around 400 years. Of yeah, almost Stoicism, 500. Almost 500 up until Marcus mm -hmm. Aurelius, which is where the, we're talking about the four virtues. Um, and that's when like the growth of Christianity started. So Stoicism saw a huge decline in that. Gotcha. That's very interesting. So let's talk about like the classical um, philosophers. So like Plato's people, um, when, when was that time period in terms of Stoicism? Was that like ancient, ancient? That was pre... I know that's pre-Stoicism, um, like Aristotle yeah. and friends. Timeline, let me look up the timeline. So Plato was right before he was some from 427 to 347 you see okay wait no oh wait goes the other yeah wait, go, you count backwards yeah no no it's so it's weird i didn't realize plato lived to that age how old is plato so it was 427 to 347 bc so it's a or it was a 27 plus 50. He lived almost like 80. It's good life. Good lifespan. Yeah. I like back in the day for sure. Okay. And uh, he learned from Socrates is even before. Okay, cool. So we're in, we're in the Roman empire right now. Christianity's just starting because it's, it's like, he said it was like 1100 or something, 110. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we won't see a big boom in Christianity for a little bit. Okay, cool. So now I know where we are on like the, the history. Cool. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, continue with the yeah. four virtues. It's like the right at the beginning of the boom of Christianity. 
Interesting. So like stoicism was like um, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, it was MySpace before Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so it was good, but Christianity came in. Cool. All right. But again, it was it lasted for five hundred years, which is a long time. But yeah, I mean, Christianity lasted way longer. But it looks like stoicism though. It's winning in the second half, as Gary Vee would say. It's coming back. <laughs> so okay. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Right, so Corey says, I think virtue is a state of character. As you shape your own as you like, I am virtuous, but if people do not agree due to what you think is intrinsically valuable, you might have wise. Yeah, no, that's uh, along the lines of it, Corey. So let me go through the four virtues, right? Mm -hmm. The first virtue, which kind of is an umbrella virtue, is courage. Um, you need courage to practice all the virtues. Um, cowardice is uh, vice. Um, pretty much, you're, you should be a man that's one, able to stand up for yourself and able to stand up for the right virtues. Because if you cannot stand up for yourself, you will not be able to practice all your virtues in any situation. Um, next, we have justice, which is to treat everyone equally and with fairness. And as you can already see, all of this, it's like justice, you can interpret that however you want, right? Whatever you think the way right is. Um, so the famous line was, I think Marcus Aurelius said this was doing the right, the rest doesn't matter. Um, where doing the right is the most important thing. Um, and then the next one is temperance, which is interesting where um, it's balance, nothing in excess including the virtues that is. So that talks about um, justice and courage, too much courage. That's just like, you're gonna be reckless. You're yeah. just gonna be doing dumb shit all the time. Same way justice, it, temperance really tells you to um, look at your own values. And you know if you think something is justice, but only you think it, and you're going overboard with that, um, like Corey mentioned, that could be a vice. So temperance really encourages you to take everything into account, watch other people to learn from them and to keep um, everything in balance. So you're not overdoing anything. And again, so, that's what stoicism is a lot about too. Like a diet. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a diet, right? It's uh, about moderation, everything in okay. moderation. Cool. Um, and then the last one is wisdom, which is education, pursuit of knowledge. Uh, it's just values learning values the knowledge around you um and pretty much all these virtues as you can see are somewhat interrelated you need wisdom to practice justice um you need courage to pretty much exhibit all the virtues no matter when and temperance kind of temperance checks off them to make sure you're not going overboard with anything but you also notice these aren't extremely strict per se these are just guidelines and principles you can choose to live by um, there's an exact way of enforcing it per se. Very cool. No, it, it goes based on the philosophy that no one person is right mm -hmm. and to take everything into account, which, which I really believe in. Yeah. Cool. Oh, one more thing with justice, it's treating literally everyone fairly and equally, including slaves. They, um, they saw slaves as equal. Um, they didn't care about rank or wealth or anything. They said it existed, but when it actually comes to social relationships, 
they do not matter. You need to treat everyone fairly and equally. So Stoicism in many ways was way ahead of its time in treating everyone equally. Uh, it's all about treating everyone with kindness and compassion. Cool. So everyone, even, even the enemies. Even the enemies. To live stoic, do you have to have others validate your virtues? Yeah, Corey, I was actually confused about that too. I was trying to figure that out. Um, in a way you do because you're constantly learning and watching others, right? Um, it's not about being self-centered. It's not about saying what I know is right and it's only right. No, it's about constantly observing and constantly um, contemplating and learning. So I would say it encourages you to learn from others, become better, but not necessarily, I don't know if it necessarily has you validated by others. I guess that other philosopher could look at you and say their opinion of whether you're living a virtuous life or not, or rather another stoic, but they might not be right, no matter what they say. Not everyone's right. That's important. I, I use that to this day. I used to look up to adults and say, oh, they're older, so they must have it figured out. But then there's, I've seen many examples of how that's not true at all. So yeah, dude. I take everyone's I opinion like, with a grain of salt now. That was my biggest uh, revelation going to adulthood. <laughs> Figuring out that you don't just have everything figured out as soon as you become like 18 or 21 or something. Yes, sir. Yeah. So how about some examples of how you've used stoicism in your life? Now that you know the four virtues, <clears throat> can you list some examples? One, I guess well, one for each. One for each? Yeah. I'd say um, definitely I, I value courage. It's something I try to practice for sure. And also, you know, wisdom, pursuit of knowledge. That's Always try right. to... Yeah, that's us right now. And uh, also more of these uh, virtues have also been boiled down into stoic practices. About um, I'll, I'll get to more of that later. And actually, I think this might be better once we get to the stoic practices to discuss what we've been doing and uh, what we can relate to. So we'll do that in a bit. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if chat's got anything. Nothing yet. All right. See what else I want to talk about. What about mm -hmm. suffering? Isn't that a big piece what of stoicism? Uh, what about it? Like, Let's wasn't see. Seneca, someone, a stoic, was, like, banished and forced to commit suicide? I think that was Seneca. Um, I remember banished. I don't know if forced to commit suicide. I didn't, I didn't look that deep in. Because um, I remember suffering being a big part of a lot of the stoic stuff well it's about being it's about knowing that suffering is inevitable yeah and to be okay with it okay with the a lot of the practice suffering um one second let me and honestly they almost say that suffering is not following by your nature or by your virtues it's, it's a true suffering. Everything else, everything else, um, 
Here's her view on it, right? No matter what happens to you around you, you only suffer if you pretty much just let something happen to you. But if you instead take a step back, look at whatever's happening and say you will still act in a virtuous manner, then you don't suffer. Okay. All right. You, you can either suffer. They say suffering is almost a choice. Yeah, I remember, I forgot who said it, but I'm going to butcher the quote. I'll just put in my own words. Mm -hmm. But someone was like, so you look at something that you think will be a moment of suffering. And then once you go through it, it turns out that most of the suffering was actually just in your head. Like you made like the situation in your head worse than it actually is. Yeah, I, be I believe that was Seneca. It's, um, so it's uh, one of the practices was he puts himself in poverty. Like he sets time apart in like a year or what, like a week and a month or something like that, where he like literally gets rid of all his possessions, puts himself in poverty or some other form of suffering and then stares it in the face and pretty much asks, is this what I used to dread? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, so before I get to the practices, another uh, few other uh, big themes in Stoicism. Stoicism, again, it's not just a philosophy. It's extremely action-based. Yep. And it's literally all about action. Um, you don't care about what people say. You watch their actions. That's, a, that's another big part of it. And it's about distinguishing between what you have control over and what you don't have control over. And it's pretty much don't worry about anything you don't have control over. But always know that you have control over your own mind and your own actions and you you have the ability to exercise that control always and in that manner um the action of suicide is actually okay as far as the stoicism goes damn as long as you're in extreme pain or you know you have a really bad disease suicide is okay most times suicide is not okay because it's seen as you're not fulfilling your righteous duty and you know, you're taking the easy way out is how it's seen. But if you are under extreme pain or disease, suicide is actually okay. So like yeah. examples where it's okay is like under stoicism would be pulling the plug. Uh, what's it called when you're that they do it in like Europe where you you're, you're under so much pain. So you take a medication that just, kills you um, yeah pretty much i forgot what um, it's called yep yeah if you like pain with no one like pretty much if you're like stage four cancer or something and every day is just pain extreme pain then you're okay to pull the plug gotcha yeah dark But yeah, that's pretty much it. Just um, no matter what emotions you face or you don't choose to escape the emotions, you identify it, live it, and then you proceed in a logical manner. A rational, logical action is a key and answer to everything. So you don't lose your shit when like something crazy happens in the world. Yeah, man. You're just like... like I'm like, hinting. If there's a say, say there's like this global 
uh, let's call it a global pandemic out of nowhere <laughs> and uh, say you have to be in your homes for months at a time to escape this global pandemic, you pretty much find the best in the situation mm-hmm. and live that way rather than bitching all day. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been thinking about this um, around the time of spring break. Um, I was thinking about how stoicism and this whole situation right now are perfectly paired together when it's like what's in your control is, you know, like you give yourself a sense of false control when you watch the numbers every day and you like formulate certain opinions around what's going on when in reality, like that doesn't do anything. If anything, you should just, I don't know, do some push-ups or something that'll make your life better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because you literally do not have any control. The only control you have is your ability to stay at home mm-hmm. and your ability to do what you, you want to do with your time at home given the resources you are given at home. Mm-hmm. Um, this also brings me to another perspective, another part of stoicism, which I didn't know was stoicism, but this is one thing I follow, is to pretty much always look for the positive and negative um, situations. It's called um, turning the negative upside down or something. It's a practice they do where, um, say, you're dealing with a bunch of people you don't want to be dealing with, they're very rude. They don't, you know, say it's a group project, right? They're not doing any work. It's just you doing it. It's just you caring. You can either view that as a huge obstacle, give up, bitch about it, or you can be like, hey, look, this is an opportunity for me to practice understanding and patience. You know, view everything as an opportunity for growth, which, which is one thing I really stand by. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And when when shit hits the fan, like there's some adversity. Usually I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, well, what does that mean or something? Um, I think it was Mark Manthe who's like, what if it was a gift or something like that? So you could find That's meaning. where I got it from. Yeah, so you could yeah. find meaning in shitty situations. So you, right now you look out your window and you see the world on fire could let the you could watch it burn or you could like do something else that's going to be beneficial and dude another thing i noticed i'm speaking about mark manson mark manson got a lot of his philosophies from buddhism Mm -hmm. um while reading about a lot of stoicism i realized damn this is very very close to buddhism yeah and and then i looked into it and they evolved completely separately but they're very similar the only thing is buddhism is a bit more hardcore with what you can do and what you can't um but again the main one like one of the main similarities in stoicism you become a sage if you are extremely virtuous in your daily life that's like nirvana in buddhism Mm -hmm. and they're both highly around not letting your emotions or anything affect you too much it's more you know letting it pass as it is everything comes to an end type of mentality yeah you know, the way I view um, like the philosophies, certain religions, is it's like it's a way of coming to terms that you're an animal that can think for itself, you know, and how to exist mm. knowing that. See, if you know that you're an animal, you know that other animals die. So it's like, shit, everything I'm going to do is to distract me from 
inevitable that I'm going to die. So that's what the philosophies are for, is for preparing to die. <laughs> that's that's my that's my philosophy <laughs> on philosophy. <laughs> oh, that's dark. So everything you do is just in preparation for your death. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Also, I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> also, Dan, I saw your comment. This is my Yukon blanket. It's it's fuzzy. It was cold when we started, so I put this on. It's very comfortable. Fishes, fishes, and assisted suicide. Pulling yeah. the plug. All right, let's get into some stoic practices. These are practices you can do if you would like to become a stoic, if you'd like to try it out. So the first is practicing misfortune. I briefly talked about it, how Seneca, you know, it says uh, time to suffer. One could be to live in poverty. Um, one interesting thing about this is remember a bit back, I was talking about dopamine fast. It's uh, it's interesting. That's kind of a way of practicing suffering. It gives you a new light as to how it's not so bad. And also, I guess it could have a chemical reaction in you, kind of resetting you. So doing hard work becomes easier. I wonder if they saw any benefits from like that from practicing suffering. But yeah, I don't know. How do you think you'd go about practicing suffering? in this modern day do you just go live in the streets for a week or well you know about back to bring it to the pandemic it's like you want to practice suffering just exist right now in this pandemic um there's like tons of shit that i should be i don't say i don't want to say should but like i am supposed to be doing um that was like gonna come my way but now i can't so that's like a form of suffering it's like suffering uh what is it fomo fear of missing, fear of out. missing out yeah so i'm suffering massive fomo um <laughs> so that's why i think it, it's that's why i think it's a good thing for a society to suffer just a little bit so it's like what if we take away your freedom what if we're all prisoners for a little bit um well another thing um john Saunders talks about this is to like hard work or putting even a hard workout is pretty much putting yourself through suffering yeah. another thing he says is a any form of suffering you could think of, put yourself through it because it's better you put yourself through it through your own terms. So you learn what the suffering is, so you have control. So when it inevitably happens to you through an external source, you know how to act. It's pretty much premature suffering. So that it's like developing antibodies, right? Mm -hmm. It's like of a vaccine, yeah. pretty much. You suffer and you realize how to handle it in a controlled environment. Therefore, when it actually happens, you now know how to deal with it so you don't actually suffer. Yeah, so one one form of suffering I would do um, earlier in the fall, right when it started to get cold, was I would go out and I would run in like 10 degree weather. Um, it'd be safe. Um, usually my roommate knew where I was going, but it, it'd be safe. And then I'd come back and then keep doing that like every day for like a couple months. And so... Now, when I started walking outside in like legit, like it's like cold, you're waiting in line. I'm like, this isn't anything like I'm fine. Like people are shivering. I'm like, this is like, this is like doable. Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> so that's like one form of suffering I've put myself through. Um, uh, I guess the modern day uh, 
self-improvement go-to cold showers is a form of doing that. I guess. Yeah, I, guess. I, I tried that for a bit, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I, I enjoy my warm showers. But if you, if you do, like, the cold run, it's like you kill two birds with one stone. So one, you're suffering from the cold. Two, you're suffering from, like, physical activity. You're like, oh, I want to die. <laughs> and then walking's not um, that bad. Um, yeah, that's one form of suffering. Corey, dopamine fast is, yeah, like you said, you pretty much, um, oh, one way to do this is to just go outside. You're not allowed to bring anything except for water, uh, maybe a notebook and a pencil with you. And you just spend a whole day outside. You wake up, go outside. Um, you're not allowed to interact with any people. Um, no food. Nothing that gives you even minimal pleasure. Nothing. So you just go outside. You can meditate if you want. You can write in your book or something. And you come back, go to sleep. And then the next day you evaluate what it is. Or maybe you could do a multiple day dopamine fast too. But um, it's supposed to work as a hard reset. Because right now we're all used to so much stimulus coming from everywhere. Um, and that stimulus seems easier to get and it's more engaging than say something like reading a book or doing some work to better yourself. So you'd go through this dopamine fast. So your dopamine receptors pretty much get reset. And now you're able to do more hard work with more ease, given you don't dive right back into all the stimulus as soon as you do the dopamine fast. No fab. <laughs> no fab. Mm -hmm. remember when we made everyone say i in chat and no one said i except you and me no one said I. <laughs> yeah um, all right okay what's up more practices uh this is another one i already talked about see every difficulty with the positive light yeah that's a big um, one i practice that's a huge one uh remember how small you are and everything is everything is ephemeral remember mm -hmm. that in the long run you don't matter. Yes. Nothing. Yes. You know? Very important. And, um, the It also brings into perspective more the micro level that you feeling anger day to day. Someone does something you know, stupid. Don't let that bother you. It's in the long run, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Um, the long run, you know, you don't matter. You're such a small part in such a huge history of nature and the world. And again, everything is fleeting. Everything goes away at one point or another. Um, don't take anything for granted. Yeah. So one way I practice um, small thing is, well, I eventually came to terms with that, that it's like, okay, you're such a small part of like history and humanity is going to happen. Um, so when certain things do happen, like a lot of people are like, Oh, this would never happen to me. This would never happen to me. But nature doesn't care. It'll, it'll like, it'll fuck, fuck you up. Um, no one's invincible. So it's better to live that way because you'd be like, okay, well, if I could get hit by a meteor at any time, unlikely, but I could get hit by a meteor, I better be doing stuff. I better be doing the things I said I was going to do. Otherwise, uh, I'll get hit by the meteor and won't get to do them, you know? Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, all right. What's your perspective on this, right? A lot of people hear this, this nothing doesn't matter, um, nothing matters type philosophy, and they turn towards nihilism. Okay. That's a pattern I've noticed. So at first, 
if someone were to tell you nothing matters, you might think they're crazy. But you're not thinking hard enough, I think, if you if you automatically... Because I was once one of those people where someone would be like, nihilism. I'm like, if life doesn't matter, just kill yourself. But that's like, that is the ignorant thing to say. Um, literally, life does not give a shit what happens to you. Like, if you see two tigers, like, killing each other, you're not going to think anything of it. You're just going to see... Or, like, a hawk eats a squirrel. You're just going to think, oh, a hawk ate a squirrel. It's nature. Like, how are we different? We're literally animals. Like, yeah, we built these giant beehives that we can all systematically work in, but we're still animals. We still could kill each other. You could still get killed by the pandemic. Obviously, that's true. But because there's no meaning, that gives you the control to produce your own meaning in things. Oh, thank you. Dude. So that's how it works. <laughs> that exact thing. That's what I've been pointing <laughs> as a positive nihilism. I've talked to my friend a lot about this mm -hmm. and I'm like, dude, you got to get in the way of positive nihilism. Yeah. Or like my whole philosophy was because nothing has meaning, you get the opportunity to give it meaning. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean I'm, like, a cynicist of, like, oh, fuck everybody, you know, life sucks. It's like, no, life is pretty fucking cool because I have complete control over what I have control over. And that's a very yeah. empowering. Something can be cool while not mattering at the same time. Yeah. It's like, just fucking don't take life seriously because you're going to die pretty soon. Um, yeah. You could die tomorrow. It's Everything <laughs> is just to put you into perspective and... In give you reason to live a more virtuous life, which uh, leads us to the next thing, which is um, memento mori, which is meditate on your mortality. Um, that's the common stoic practice where they contemplate their own death, um, how life is after you die, what death is, how you'll face your death. And this pretty much motivates you to live a virtuous life because if you're going to die, and, you know, death is right around the corner. Why would you want to die doing nothing? You want to die living a virtuous life. You ever, like, visualize your own funeral? See who's going to be vibing? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of different um, things tell you to virtual, um, visualize your own funeral. That's a common thing. It's not death, though. It's, it's a weird thing. They always talk about the funeral. Yep. So... I think, you know, Gary Vee mentions it. Fuck it, he quoting Gary Vee, but he was like, yeah, I want to, like, know who's at my funeral. That's the ultimate scorekeeper is how many people show up. So it's like, how many people, you know, respected you and, like, you know, how many lives did you touch? That's how many people will show up to your funeral. So, yeah. That's, like, the, the KPI asks, of what life. If, KPI of life. Yes, do Corey's what if, what if nature has an end goal for us and we just can't understand it? Very possible. There's possible. Be, there could be like fifth dimensional creatures whose playgrounds we're living in. It could just be an experiment and that could be our purpose. There's this video. Um, it's called Kyrgyzstan. They do a bunch of animations. I'm probably You've probably seen a video or two. Oh, Kutsugat? Or th that's what it's called. <laughs> Kirkstan. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a video. Yeah, there's a video called The Egg. Um you go watch oh, that core. Watch that. It's it's interesting. Dude, watch the egg. Um 
it's a yeah watch it i don't want to spoil it it's a it's, it's pretty a really cool good one. yeah I'd, I'd watch that cory um that'll, that'll answer your question yeah it's column i think it's like k-u-r-z-g-e-s-a-g-t i believe <laughs> that's how you but anyone listen go check that channel out it is fascinating and they talk about history right there's one video talking about like the beginning of time all the way to the end and that really puts things into perspective and has you feeling real small so that watching that video could be a stoic exercise our objectives of watching tv or browsing the web mean nothing to a bird or your dog my dog watches tv (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding Corey, but yeah i mean yeah pretty much Animals don't know what money is. Money's made up. Doesn't mean anything. Like, literally, like, if you look at how bizarre, like, working and going to school is. So, it's like, you go to school, you do all this shit to get money, and then you go work, and then you stay at home, and you you, you do these eight-hour cycles of collecting money and just rinsing and repeating and buying food. And it's like, what the fuck is that? And this whole time, um, it's very doing bizarre. it for this... For this um, paradise land called retirement. That's the goal. You know, you live your life <laughs> as a slave so that you can live your life not as a slave when, you're, when you become a slave to your body and your physical features deteriorating. Just kind of sad. It, that's why, like, we were talking about North Korea and we're like, yeah, North Korea is, you know, pretty locked down. I'm like, you know, we do the same shit just different it's just like we're like yeah again we're we, still we have the illusion it. of choice we still freedom. lie to ourselves yeah i guess that's another um, zach premise people lie to themselves mm-hmm. i lie to myself you lie to yourself another premise is we're all hypocrites so there's there's two types of people there's hypocrites and then there's liars so i'd rather just be a hypocrite than a hypocrite and a liar because we're all hypocrites What do you mean by that? Well, you know, a hypocrite, you know, you say something and you, you, you do the opposite. Mm-hmm. But if I were to say, oh, I'm not a hypocrite, I know that that's being a hypocrite in nature and that's lying. Oh, God. So I'd rather lying. just be a hypocrite. I'd rather just be, you know, a shitty person rather than a shitty person and a liar. You know, <laughs> at least I'm fucking trying to be. <laughs> become virtuous, you need to escape hypocrisy. Don't escape it. Just no. It's just like literally just accept something fucking lying to yourselves. Yeah, (laughs) that's how I live my Uh, life. All right, next principle. You they love seeing the bigger picture. I didn't look too much into this principle, but um, it's pretty much taking a look at everything from bird's eye view, not always looking at it in the micro, but looking at the macro. Yeah. Um, Some data science uh, again. Huh? It's like fucking data science. Data science, looking at the small data points, looking at them. <laughs> and then uh, differentiate between, I talked about this, what's within your control, what isn't. Uh, Stoics meditate a lot on this. They're, again, Stoicism, it's very introspective. Meditation is huge, looking inwards into yourself and figuring out your nature is huge. And part of that is figuring out exactly what you have control over okay. and what you don't. And don't worry about anything you don't have control over, only... Um, Worry about your right to do anything that is in your control, your actions, and make sure they're virtuous actions. 
And then the last one is um, journaling. Oh. They they journal quite a bit. Um, oh God, Marcus Aurelius at the end of the day pretty much journaled everything in his say, and it's about being completely honest, writing it as it is, not lying to yourself, writing it exactly how it went down, not judging it, but just writing it. So when he went to sleep, it would put him in this introspective mood once he writes everything in the day. But not only that, you you're supposed to also write. Uh, what you expect of in the next day, uh, how you want to structure your next day. Um, so yeah, a lot of this meditation, journaling, all of this very much sounds to me like this modern self-improvement culture. You know, it's all seems to be derived from stoicism, whether they know it or not. Yeah. But yeah, that's the practices. So if you want to be a stoic, practice those. Um, and in the end, you know, all of this is about living life in a way where, you know, in a moral way, don't be an asshole to others. That's a, that's a huge thing. Um, pretty much don't worry about anything. Don't bullshit anything. Just you know, stay true to yourself, stay true to those around you, stay true to your place within this world. Look at everything from above, you know, look at the big picture and the small picture and come to a conclusion. Be rational and logical. Don't let your emotions affect you. Um, humans are animals with logical thinking. That's all we are. So let's use the logical thinking gifted to us and you know, just be chill. That's the, that's the, defining principle of stoicism be chill yeah yeah that's it the stoicism it, it doesn't have to be complicated you know it's like it, it's not like no we don't have to i know like all the self-improvement world it looks so complicated to get started but the things you list it it's not very difficult to implement you know, you internally, it's a lot of it's also about listening to the right voice in your head. You internally always know what the right thing to do is. You know, you should be doing your work instead of playing a shit ton of video games. You know, you know, you should stand up for that guy getting bullied or something. Inside your head, you know the right action to take. It's about pretty much um, adjusting that voice. Yeah, it's about taking experiences and adjusting that inner voice to make sure, you know, tuning it. That's the word I was looking for. Tuning it to make sure it's right and listening to it as much as you can. And also contemplating facts that the fact that you're going to die and not everything is permanent and being okay with it, being co coming in terms to your death. Yeah. Coming to terms with your death. Question everything. Yeah. Don't be afraid to call bullshit. Well, that was a much better uh, self-improvement than Monday. Yeah, I guess it kind of <laughs> turned out to be that because of the topic itself. Very cool. Yeah, Damn, man. dude. I like Wikipedia. It's fun. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, guys, um, for those of you who don't know, 
if you weren't on yesterday, when I started looking into this, it was very dry and I was very bored. Do you really get fucking hate? And I was like, why the hell am I doing this? And then I'm like, you know what? We got the show tomorrow. It's the first Wikipedia show. I'm going to try to look into it and at least have something. And then finally, like sticking to it, I actually got really interested in it by the end of it. I'm like, damn, this shit is cool. I, I was just mostly interested in finding all the parallels it had with Buddhism and also all with like self-improvement space and everything. So cool you, shit. Are you starting so, to see so, the, uh, the interconnectedness of all things? Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's like a whole new philosophy. Well, not whole new, but it's like, yeah. I'm going I'm to start spending most of my day in my porch now. Thinking you're, you're stoic. Right. I'm stoic now, dude. No, the porch is the stoic. Going to the dude, stoic. I'm going to become a porch. That's the key. That's the end of that's nirvana <laughs> for stoicism. Becoming a porch. But I think that um, this is like this like whole thing. This like the Wikipedia show is very powerful because, you know, in school, you know, you you learn st- or you like you read your stuff and you just like do it on the exam. But now there's people watching and you have to teach them as soon as you like read it. So this is actually like a very powerful tool to use um, in terms of learning. Like how often do you like try to teach a crowd like stuff you just read on Wikipedia or like a YouTube video? Yeah, so it's that's very, another thing that keeps you from tool. not just memorizing it or cramming it, but actually understanding it yeah. so you can talk about it. Exactly. Um, and also, it allows us to pick topics we're somewhat interested in. So mm-hmm. we're not learning about shit we don't care about. We should do that, though. An episode where we pick a topic that's shit we don't care about and try to find knowledge and truth in it. Ooh, maybe something we're against. <laughs> that's that a could stoic, be a stoic exercise. Um, we could read about Nazis and try to derive meaning from it. It'd be a screwed up episode, but I wonder if it would produce interesting results. Corey says, what if he realized which voice voices to listen to? I think all the thoughts in my head are mine, but they all have different yep. intent. And thus, some thoughts aren't virtuous. Every day I bug my roommates about every time I make it. Yeah. Well, not all voices in your head are yours. Most of them aren't yours. Most voices are, you know, there's some put into place by your friends, by your parents. Teachers. Scary visas. Teachers. Teachers. Yeah. But They'll yeah, the voices that are yours, they're highly influenced. Because I mean you are you are a reflection of your surroundings, right? And your unique experiences. But even within that, you know, you know that voice that's telling you to do the right thing. You always know the right course of action. Sometimes you do have to debate it a bit, but most times you know the right course of action. And it's uh, having the courage to listen to that voice. To act. You, know, you see that, that cutie, and you're like, all right, time to go say hi. I saw you over there. <laughs> all right. Any, any last words, oh. Akash, before we end this? We have, yeah, we could probably just end it soon. Yeah, I mean, last words wise, just this interests you. Look into stoicism. There's a blog I found called The Daily Stoic, which was really cool. Yeah, well, YouTube videos too. Go check them out. Uh, that's where I got some of the information from. But 
Other than that, if you enjoyed this segment of learning something new through Wikipedia, then come back. If you're listening to this, come join us live on YouTube at the Zach and Akash Show. And if you're watching and you can't watch some other day, check us out up here, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you at, on our Instagram at the Zach and Akash Show. Yep. And connect. Tomorrow we're going to talk about, was it, how to make your own experience? Yeah, tomorrow is going to be our little business segment. It's about creating your own experience. And, you know, if you don't get a job or an internship, what can you do? How can you, um, instead of wasting your time, what else can you do? That's and a good honestly, title. That's, that's a good title. What, instead of that's wasting so your relevant. time, no, no, what um, else can you do? Like, what can you do if your internship is gone and you have no internship? That's like really... Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's and, well. um, right now it's a good time for, to exercise it, you know, quarantine. A lot of people are, um, just binging Netflix, Yep. playing a bunch of video games, which again, you still can So I could say it's good in moderation, everything in moderation, but don't go for that excessive joy. That'll burn you out too much. Uh, don't binge it, you know, enjoy a few episodes, but also try to, um, start with just as little as half an hour a day. Anyway, more on that tomorrow. Yep. But otherwise, thank you for watching slash listening. This has been fun. And we will see you tomorrow and the day after. Not the day after. No, and the day after that, but not the day after that. But then Sunday, we will see you again. Hi, <laughs> right, everybody. Stay beastly. <laughs> 